0: Good morning, Four Oaks Church. It's Pastor Paul. It is, believe it or not, Wednesday, hump day, March 29th, 2023, the year of our Lord. So glad that you've joined us for this round of our pastoral devotionals. We are making our way through the Gospel of Matthew. And our goal in that, of course, is not just to dispense knowledge or biblical and theological information, although, That's certainly a part of it, but we're really hoping to give you who are listening a sense of how to understand and interpret the scriptures for yourself. So we are walking through the Sermon on the Mount, the most famous sermon that has ever been preached, and let's think about the context here and how this relates to the passage that we're camping out in this week. So, as you've heard us say many times to this point, um, Jesus as king is Matthew's theme, and everything he's doing in this is calling us to recognize his kingship. And as Jesus has appeared on the scene, he's been coronated as king by John the Baptist, and he's been doing the works of the kingdom, right? Healing and exercising demons and doing good works, the the kingdom of God is breaking through, not not politically, but spiritually speaking. It's taking dominion um, over hearts and minds and bodies, and the crowds are following Jesus. And they've come to him, and Jesus has this captive audience. And now he wants to communicate to them that as he is king and his kingdom is breaking through, he wants to call them, he wants to give them a vision for what their lives are to be like as subjects of the king. What does life look like in the kingdom of Christ? And he begins with the Beatitudes, which invites people in to a new way of thinking, a new way of relating. It invites people to find the good life, the flourishing life, the happy life, and the values of the king and his kingdom. And that's what we call the Beatitudes. Um, next week, or the next passage in Matthew that we're going to look at, is where Jesus begins to exposit the law. He begins to teach them and, and interpret the law for them, the rules of the kingdom. But before he does that, nestled between those, those two things, is this little passage about salt and light. And it's here that Jesus is wanting to give the people a vision not just of the invitation that's offered them or the life they're to live, but who they are. How are they to function in the kingdom? What is their identity? And he uses these two metaphors of salt and light to communicate this. So let's read it, and then we'll dig in. This is Matthew 5, 13. Jesus is speaking, "'You are the salt of the earth, "'but if salt has lost its taste, "'how shall its saltiness be restored?' a lot about this uh, metaphor of salt that Jesus uses here. And so go back and listen to that if you're not familiar, because a lot of things we're going to say about that also pertain to this. Jesus says, verse 14, you are the light of the world. Remember, these are ontological statements, okay? These are not aspirational statements. Jesus doesn't say, if you want to be the light of the world, do this. Or, if you do this, then you'll be the light of the world. Or, you're a light, but if you don't do this, then you're no longer a light. That's not what he says. He says, by virtue of being a citizen of the king and living life in the kingdom, you are, by your very nature, these things. You are salt. You are light. And as we said yesterday, salt... Um, drawing on the ancient um, Middle East and the way salt functioned, he, Jesus is undoubtedly speaking about a preservative function that that salt is to is to prevent decay. It's to spread influence, give flavor. It is to to preserve, and that's how the believer is to function in this world as a preservative against um, this evil age, against this. Um, world that is at enmity with God. Now, he continues on this same theme by saying, as much as we are a preservative, okay, and we preserve, that's not the only thing we do as believers. We also illumine. We also reveal. So let's look back at the text. And again, Um, these are going to be things that aren't super familiar to us, but I think will make more sense as we look at them in the original context. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. So two, two metaphors we're not super familiar with because we take things like light and and electricity for granted, right? Um, uh, last night, there was a storm and our lights flickered and power went out for a minute and we freaked out, right? Everything was dark. How are we going to watch TV? How are we going to check our email? Well, in that day and age, of course, there was no such thing. Um, light came through fire, okay? And, and so things that were lit, um, lamps, for example. And the whole idea there is that, of course... No one is just going to light a lamp just for the sake of lighting a lamp, okay? That could cause a fire, okay? So, so um, but it was the only way people could see at night, okay? And this would have been particularly important for travelers. So travelers in a strange land, there's no overhead light, there's only the stars and the moon. How would they know that they were approaching a city. Well, because the lights, the torches of that city, um, would be illuminated. And typically cities were oftentimes built on high planes. All right. So, so people are traveling, um, that was for safety measure for, for, for military reasons, um, whole host of things. And so people would know they were getting close to their destination. Um, by virtue of the light. Otherwise, they wouldn't know. They would see these, these, these cities like Jerusalem out into the distance, the flickering lights miles away. They knew they were getting close, right? Now we have GPS. We don't need light at all to travel at night. I mean, your headlights on your car, but you get what I'm saying. You know exactly how far away you are and everything. It didn't, so light served an incredibly important function. The same with, with lights in the house. So not only were, did you need light if you were on the outside of the house to see where you were going, you needed lights on the inside of the house to function at all at night. One reason people went to bed at 7 p.m. is it got dark. But if you wanted to be up later, if there was a party, if there was a dinner, if there was any kind of reading or you know whatever, people would have to light lamps um, to position strategically in the house. Light was really crucial. The point that Jesus is making here is that no one creates light in order to not see. That, that doesn't make any sense. You don't light a lamp and put it under a, a basket, right? Um, you can't expect to, to light something um, and put it in a window in a city on a hill and not be seen. That's the nature and function of light. So what, what, what's Jesus telling us here, right? Jesus, I think, is, is telling us, okay, Implicitly, the world is dark. The world is fallen. The world is fading. It is deteriorating. It is it is corruption. It is corrupting, and so on. One hand, the believer is to be salt. Is to be that preservative. Is to retard the 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 the, the diminishing aspect of the world. It's to guard against evil. It's to preserve good. But again, there is another function though, and that is to illuminate. It is to to show light, to throw light. And what is the purpose of light? It's to pierce the darkness, right? It's to penetrate the darkness and to reveal what is in the darkness, okay? And so here, we're really, again, starting to get a picture of what Jesus is talking about, why he can say we are the light. Ultimately, we know that Jesus is the light of the world. He says this in John 14. This is based off Old Testament, many Old Testament passages, many Old Testament um, worship rituals that involve flame, that involved light. And Jesus declares all of these flames, all of these lights in the Old Testament worship are pointing to me, I am the light of the world. So the reason that you and I can, that we can say that we are light, that Jesus can say we are light is because he is light. Um, His identity as light is now transferred and passed to us, and now we are light. And so you can't say, just like with salt, are you salt or are you light? Okay, that's not the way to say that. We are salt. We are light. The question is, what kind of salt are we? What kind of light are we? As we said yesterday, with salt, it can be diluted. It can be watered down. It can be rendered virtually useless. It doesn't cease to become salt, but it loses its saltiness. And in much the same way, we, we are lights. We can't, our, our flame, if you want to put it that way, can't be extinguished, okay, if you're thinking about salvation. But what can happen is that our flame can be dis- diminished. It can be covered up. It can be hidden. It can be at a very low flicker. And Jesus' whole point here is that what is the use of a flame that's under a, 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 a cover? What is the use of salt that's thrown out on the ground? They're useless. You are salt and light, Jesus says. And so to that's ontologically correct. But the question is, how effective are you in those, in those identities? Um, are you are you being light? Are you being salt? Okay, in terms of are are you behaving in a ways that are consistent with your nature? Otherwise, why do you exist? And so so these are powerful metaphors. People at the time would have understood um, in the context they were in, and Jesus is making a point as a child of the king, as part of the kingdom. You are, you are salt and light. Now, the question is, will you function that way? Will you align yourselves accordingly? Will you live your lives in such a way that your salt will not lose its saltiness, or that your light will not be hidden, or that your light will shine? And so the answer, of course, is yes. And that's what we're going to get into tomorrow. We may say, well, Pastor Paul, what does that look like? And this is what we're going to see tomorrow. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And we're going to unpack that tomorrow. But in the meantime, be thinking for yourself, I'm salt, I'm light. How, how salty am I? What, what, what sort of light do I display? Um, am I a little flickering flame when it comes to my witness for Christ? Am I just diluted salt when it comes to my influence and preservation of the good and relationship to others or am i salty am i am i am i fully illumined in 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 that sense giving light giving preservation to everything around me those are things to consider it's what jesus wants us to consider and we're going to continue to explore that tomorrow so let me pray lord we are salt we are light the question is, what kind of salt and what kind of light are we? Are we deluded, weak, um, fading, or are indeed we witnesses, lights, things that are shining before others to display your glory? Lord, give us wisdom to know what that looks like. Lord, we commit to you our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. Bye.